Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. So today we're joined once again uh, by Alice Fabisenko, who's senior advisor at Funkas. Hello, Alice. How are Hello, you doing? Carlos. Good, good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. So I think our audience uh, by now knows that when Alice is joining us, this means there's a new report coming out from Funkas, the so-called CIFO publication. So we're here to, to talk about some of the highlights of the latest report. And once again, we're going to cover the impact of high interest rates. And we covered this topic back in January. And back then we, we, we noticed we brought some interesting insights. And one of them was that, you know, 2022 saw a record number of central banks rising interest rates in the world. And since then, we've seen this trend has continued and this year has been uh, all pretty much everywhere about central banks tightening their monetary policies, and so Alice, what let's what's what's new? What's new in this in this area, in the latest uh, CFO? Where should we start? Um, should we start with the eurozone, maybe, or? Yes, I mean, as you said, Carlos, it's 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 you know we looked at this back in January of last year. Um, you know, the tightening cycles had just kind of getting been getting started. It um, you know major central banks. And, you know, now we're more than a year out from that and, well, not more not a, a full year out for that, but we're, you know, much further along into the tightening cycle, more than a year out from, from when it started back in, you know, July or so of last year. And uh, so we, we kind of want to see, you know, we have more data on what's been going on. We can make a, a you know, we can see a clearer picture. So, so essentially, you know, what we're seeing is that market participants, had, had really not experienced positive real interest rates and were, were really used to paying very low rates on their borrowings until just over a year ago. And, and today, monetary policy, you know, for example, in the Eurozone Euro and in the U.S., but let's focus on the Eurozone, as you said, we're really immersed in this intense battle to, to stem inflation. And, and the most obvious offshoot of all that has been this quick succession of interest rates that we've seen, interest rate increases that we've seen. So in the Eurozone, the price of money has been rising for, for over 18 months, um, and that's significantly increasing borrowing costs across the board for households, for companies, for governments. So, so you know, this is really an important effects, important effects that we're seeing here. Uh, absolutely. And Alice, how does the current interest rate environment that you described uh, very well, how this compares to by historical standards? Yes, that, that's actually a really important uh, point, Carlos, and, and it's important to put things into perspective. So we're all getting used to seeing these headlines of interest rates are historical highs and you know all, all, all of these messages in the press. And while that statement is true, it, it is important to qualify. So for example, looking at the, the most commonly used benchmark rate in Europe, the Eurobor, that was created back in 1999 as part of the single currency process. But if we look in Spain, a longer running comparable benchmark for Spain, which is traded parallel actually to the Eurobor since 1999, which is called the MIBOR, 
we have a series that goes all the way back to 1979 for the MIBOR. And the interest rates that are used as benchmarks for pricing mortgages in Spain, those you know, related to the MIBOR rates, that topped 15% during the 1980s and some of the 1990s. But if we look at, however, the, the only the time span that the Eurozone and the single currency have been in, in existence, the current interest rates are high. They're trading close to a peak observed right before the onset of the financial crisis when they're when they were at about five percent so so you know in this kind of more recent period we are at, at highs but if we look you know back to beyond the creation before the creation of the euro you know we really did see higher historical interest reference rates so the real anomaly here is not so much the level that's being reached by the price of money but really how quickly that's all been happening uh, well, 15% in the 80s and some of the 90s, that's, that, those are quite some figures. I hope we don't get into, into that kind of yeah, um, interest rates anytime soon. But let's, let's uh, um, moving on, what, maybe you can give us some more details uh, across these different segments that you touched on. Right. Well, you know, as, as can be expected, since official rates began to increase, growth in credit has been slowing and, and we've seen negative numbers for for the latest data we've been looking at in june um, business lending is down household lending is down mortgage lending as expected is also down and you know contracting so so we really are seeing that the clear link between higher interest rates and the impact on private sector demand all right what about the um obviously this is having an impact on government debt as well am i right Yes, that's a very, very important point as well. In the debt markets, especially in the public debt markets, we've really seen borrowing costs rise sharply, um, especially of late. And, and, you know, one thing to keep in mind, though, is that even more so than in the corporate sector, the various public treasuries, including the Spanish public treasury, they were really good about taking advantage of, of all these years of low interest rates and refinancing their debt and extending their maturities when rates were low or even negative. So, you know, we are in a fairly good place, but but over the medium term, we, we do have to be cautious. For example, the weighted average cost of debt has increased a lot in, in the past few months for the Spanish three-year treasury bond. We went from, you know, the increase has been gradual, but from from 2021, we were at negative four, negative 0.4%. And in July of 2023, we're at 3.3%. And we're seeing the same thing for the same period on the 10-year benchmark for Spain. That's jumped from 0.4% to 3.4%. So so we're really seeing, you know, those those yields increase on the on the sovereign. And then one last and very important point that we need to consider is is the maturity profile of the sovereign debt because the impact of monetary tightening it passes through much more slowly into the cost of longer term debt. So the longer the the longer the average maturity of the debt, the smaller that share of that debt that will need to be refinanced at higher rates. And the good thing for Europe is the average maturities tend to be quite long in the eurozone. So you know Greece has has very long maturities of around 20 years. Um, Spain and Portugal respectively about uh, eight years and Italy closer to seven. So so the pass through of these higher borrowing costs into government finances will take a little bit longer to have an impact. Nevertheless, the flip side of that is that those the debt instruments that do roll over during a period of high interest rates, that will have an impact on government finances for a while. So so the bottom line really is that it's not just, you know, the extent to which interest rate increases go up but but also how long how long they remain high so so you know the ecb's determination on that point to keep interest rates at their current levels 
quote for a sufficiently long duration, according to the ECB itself, you know, that becomes really important because that's going to affect the, the vulnerabilities of these, you know, highly indebted, higher indebted countries. Very good point. It's not only about how high rates are, but 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 for how long they're going to stay so, so high. Um, um, so um, what about the impact on on banks? I mean, one would assume that this is good for banks as they are borrowing money with with um, with higher interest and so on. But I guess it's not uh, it's not as simple as that. Right. Exactly. It's it's never that clear cut. Right. So as you said, exactly that it's true that banks pre-tax earnings over total assets are increasing somewhat. Um, according to the latest data, the spreads between asset and liability rates are also increasing. The loans are being repriced you know, faster than the deposits. At the same time, though, we're, we're seeing, you know, there's new risks that are emerging in the banking sector related to this new higher interest rate environment. You know, market risks, interest rate risks, liquidity risks, and some of that has, has really been factored into, you know, this latest round of EU stress test that, that was published in July. So, you know, specifically for that reason, the European and the American supervisors have, have introduced these simulation of bond portfolio loss scenarios that were related to the to the spike in interest rates, um, you know, kind of in, as a consequence to the fallout that we saw in some of these American banks and the turbulence that we saw in the spring. You know, these are exploratory exercises for the time being. They have no immediate impact on capital requirements. But, and you know, the general conclusion has, has been that the European banks are, are better positioned to upset any of these potential capital losses because they do have stronger net interest income generation. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, the upward shift in the rate curves, it, it, it is impacting the economic value of, of these investment portfolios that the banks had. So, you know, we have to keep an eye on that. Absolutely. Um, so far, uh, at least we're doing great because we covered a lot in less than 10 minutes. But we have a last question for you. And is the uh, you need to be prepared for this because it's the difficult one uh, out of this talk. So uh, I need to ask you, for how long do we expect this current interest rate environment to last? This is the big question. Uh, no, I, I understand that is that is really difficult. Um, it's just really the messages the central banks themselves are sending is that it's really unclear how long it's going to take for these policies to have their, their intended consequences. So, so really their key message is that whatever the approach is going to be, it has to be conditional until the, any of the uncertainty around inflation dissipates, they just really can't, can't afford to, to hurt their credibility at this stage. They need results. All right. Um, thanks so much, um, Alice. This was great. Uh, let me remind everyone that we will include in the show notes of this podcast the latest CIFO uh, publication from Funcas. And uh, it was great having you uh, on the show, Alice, as always. Um, let me uh, uh, once again um, remind as well that you are Senior Advisor at Funcas, and it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Alice. Thanks, Carlos. Always a pleasure to be here as well. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Raballen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well.